Dude, am I about to do this? Yeah. And I think it's fucking genius. I know. You know what Jared Free Text <laughs> tweeted out today? He said, You didn't start a podcast to inspire anyone. You started one because you think you're interesting. And I think I'm hella interesting. And people listen to this, right? And I think that's kind of exciting. So I'm here. I'm about to let's get into it. So I know this kind of feels crazy, especially to the people who are listening and hearing this out loud right now. You are about to embody into my baggage. All right. I've been advised by everyone in my life, both people who are close to me and those who are not close to me at all, like strangers on the Internet, to not to contact. So here I am putting it all out here. Welcome to Therapy Hour podcast. Dear B, I'm currently writing with the idea that I would never see you again. It's a roller coaster of emotions, really. I want to start off by clearly noting that I understood you were not ready for a relationship, and I even understood that you didn't want me, but it didn't stop the roots from forming. Let's start from the beginning. So here I am, fresh out, with a new attitude, and let me tell you, you are not the only hinge contact in my phone at the time. Handshake to a pull-in hug. Let me repeat that. A pull-in hug. You grabbed me and pulled me in for a hug. Mixed signals much? Anyways, let's skip forward because this isn't our love story. We had a couple cool dates, right? I'll never forget them. There was a point where I realized that if I was with you, I'd be having fun. You're the first man that I met that really impressed me right away. I just wanted to keep getting to know you. The things that my friends don't understand is, is that I saw this really beautiful, genuine side of you. You were funny, kind, and such a great hype man. Remember when I got my first hole-in-one with you? However, this isn't our love story. If I'm being honest, I didn't see the conversation coming. We were sitting at my favorite bar, about to go to my favorite comedy club, and we're hanging out, having a great time. I leaned in on the bar and so clearly heard you say, so, are you looking for a relationship? I looked back at you. Do you remember the look that I gave you? Probably not. I said, are you seriously having this conversation with me right now? You made eye contact with me and said, well, eventually we're going to have to talk about it. I said, yes, and you? And you looked me dead in the eye and said, nope. Who knows if it's as dramatic as I'm reading it off this outline. Honestly, that's how I remember the conversation, and I'm the one telling the story. I think this is where my friends and family get confused. I think this is what they thought that, like, my obsession over you kind of, like, birthed. No. This is where I knew you'd never lie to me. This also happens to be the moment where I learned that you would take care of you first. I admired that. This confidence about putting yourself first, I envied you. I wanted what you had. The sureness that you knew exactly what you wanted from me and didn't want from me. I like to believe that you fell into this rabbit hole with me, but I'm learning that it's probably just me. 
we would just click. Remember at Chili's when I told you about some bar where they played 90s music on Irving and Sheridan and you looked at me and you said, no way. And you would go there every Friday nights. I don't know. It was fun every time we would like find something that we had um, in common, both present and past. I knew you were an honest, straight up type of dude. It's kind of ironic that I remember everything and you remember nothing about anything. And this wasn't the only thing. You were always late. I just want to put it out there that I do believe that being late is sometimes incredibly rude. I remember I used to get reservations 30 minutes later so that you had some wiggle time to get to my apartment. I started doing crazy shit like this. This is crazy, right? Let me tell you, that's some girlfriend shit. Do you remember how you were three hours late to our date that I had planned? I remember we hadn't seen each other in a while and you left an hour later than planned and it was fine. I remember getting dressed and you called me and asked to change the location and it was fine. I remember changing my outfit and you called me again, changing the location for the third time and it was fine. I remember getting to the restaurant and waiting another half an hour for you, and I was fine. I called a friend, and I said to her, I should be grateful that he's coming all this way to spend even a few minutes for me. I remember you texting me that you were you're close, and I remember having to rush to the restroom to make sure it didn't look like I was crying. I remember seeing you walk down the restaurant, and I remember the way that you held me, and apologize for being late. Big relief. You're a good guy who did like shitty things sometimes. I remember the waiter bringing out the pizza and you said, that's a good choice. And I reminded you how you love barbecue sauce. And in that moment, I realized that no matter what I do, it'll never be enough for you. It won't matter. I can remember everything about you and I can hold these things and I can hold these memories and it wasn't enough. And here's the thing. It was fine. I was fine. I'll always be fine. And I think that's my problem. I didn't care what you did. Nothing ever mattered. You could have told me that you were dating two other women and I would have still stuck around. I became obsessed. Like why? You're a grown man who showed up to 80% of our dates in basketball shorts. I often wonder, do you find yourself charming? Because I find you so charming. I might not always remember the jokes that you had told, but I do remember that I was always smiling when I was with you. I, <laughs> I used to feel you smile right before you kissed me. And I haven't felt that in a while. A big reason that I liked you so much is I just got to be exactly who I am when I was around you. I remember sitting in your apartment when we were still very, very new. And I came in with this high energy and didn't stop talking. I quickly apologized as soon as I caught on that I was talking too much. And you said, no, 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 it's okay. I can keep up. I haven't ever heard that before. I've always been told to slow down, stay quiet. I remember looking at you and feeling this big sense of relief.
do you remember when I tried to end things at brunch and I said I couldn't do this anymore and you looked me in the eye and said, what? No more mimosas? And I said, no, us. And then the waitress came and asked if we wanted a second bottle and you just nodded your head no. I want the listeners to know that I had full intentions of ending things. I want to repeat that I did hear you when you said that you didn't want to be with me. I understood why you couldn't be in a relationship. But at this time, we were talking every day. And we were texting each other good morning and wishing for good days. I knew how badly I wanted you to be mine. And I couldn't stand the thought of losing you. Also, I'd like to remind you that you were also late for that date. (laughs) This was November and we continued on for a few more months. But I felt the loss, right? We stopped texting all the time. You went back to texting me back two to three business days later. We stopped hanging out as much as we did. We stopped sharing what was going on in our lives. It was a huge loss. Remember how (laughs) there was one time that you uh, brought over an overnight bag to my house? And I just would like to note that I didn't ask you to stay. I started noticing your energy levels when you were around me. I always knew that you weren't mine. You made that very clear from the beginning. I just didn't expect you to lose you. I had myself convinced that if we stayed on the same page, the book wouldn't keep writing its story. And boy, did our story carry on. I think you grew out of me while I grew to become obsessed. And in the beginning, I used to imagine us doing things, road trips, camping, dancing at the club, you know, going to the movies, mini golf, top golf, frisbee golf, all the golf things. Towards the end, I really started feeling your absence from my life. My sister dared me to go three weeks without texting you. She said that if you texted me first, then it would be great and it would be fine. If you hadn't texted me, then I would know. I went three months without texting you. Let's end this story with the good part, the heartbreak. I want to openly share this because I've come to learn that I remember everything. I've been exploring why this is happening and why it's happening right now. Not to psychoanalyze myself, but I do think it's the trauma. I blocked out a lot of events that ultimately define me as a person. I've been in therapy for years, working through the fact that I don't remember many things. And here I am remembering everything that you did. Why? I think it's because I know how precious these moments can be and how you can learn something new anywhere. Like the great Taylor Swift says, my heart, my hips, my body, my love, trying to find a part of me that you didn't touch. All my senses were active. I remember it all. And you probably remember none of it. Remember when I found the little blue guy immediately while we were playing I Spy the Trains? I think I fantasized about you while we were together. Not necessarily imagined um, what it would be like in the future because, uh, but, you know, who we were right there, right now. I just loved us. I don't know. Maybe I just love the idea of us. Remember how nervous I was to give you your birthday present? And then, spoiler alert, I experienced a big sense of relief. You know, what you'd always say to me. Aw, you're the best. It just, like, energized me. 
I don't know when I realized that you probably would never text me back. I was used to getting texts from you like two to three business days, but I don't know. Three months later, it finally felt like, okay, you're definitely not going to get back to me. The memories began flooding in, and soon enough, they were haunting me. My time, my wine, my spirit, my trust, trying to find a part of me you didn't take up. I share this because I get confused by our memories and then my daydreams. Something that they don't really talk about in the grief cycle enough is how you not only grieve the relationship or it ending, but you also grieve the future that you have hoped for and created in your head. I imagined us creating playlists and sharing music. I hope to go camping with you or road trips. I just wanted to see who you were. I'd still argue to this day that I didn't want the relationship at some times. I didn't want to be your girlfriend. How could you even want me, right? You never really saw me around my friends or support me at a work event. I don't know. How could you really know who I was? See, I do understand why you didn't want a relationship. And maybe for the same reason, we both weren't ready. I don't know. We'll never know. I knew it was getting bad when I was sitting at a bar crying because all I can imagine is that if you were here with me, I would be having much more fun. And it's so crazy because I wanted you everywhere and you don't even want me in your present. I've been coming around to the acceptance stage of grief. It's been fun writing this outline. Remember, you were the one who taught me how to write an outline and sharing this with people who have already probably heard too much about you. I just want to channel this sad girl energy and put it out there. This is some extrovert shit right here. It's been fun sharing the story with you. One reason I want to come out about my obsession over love is that because as a brown woman, I was made to believe that marriage and relationships were the highest of the honors. I have this dream that I would be able to attend a family event with my partner, and then it would be time for the buffet and a table of Pakistani food, and I'd be able to make him a plate because I knew everything that he would like. I don't know where I developed this idealistic view of marriage. Oh yeah, I watch Bollywood movies as a young child. I only listen to Taylor Swift and I'm stuck on wedding and engagement TikTok. I always wonder what it would be like if I saw you again. Love you, miss you, Zara. All right. I suppose you guys have some anticipated questions, okay? So I listed some out for you. I think we should go over them together. Let's start with the with the first one. Did he break your heart? No. I have a pacemaker. No one's breaking my heart. I've got 20 years on that battery. I do believe that I broke my own heart here, though. I didn't have enough confidence in myself to move on from something I knew that wasn't right for me. He's a good guy. He provided safety and instilled confidence in me to be authentically and unapologetically myself. However, I deserve to have that everywhere. He had stuff going on. We had a really nice day over tapas once where he opened up and I remember this like sense of like empathy and understanding for him. I've always just wanted what he wanted for him to be good. But that's his story to share, not mine. Next question. Do you regret anything? No, absolutely not. Well, I am embarrassed about the drunk texts, crying in bars, and memorizing his Chipotle order. I just feel like some 
there's still some work for me to do before I get into a relationship. But look at all the things that I got to learn from him. He helped me figure out what I'm looking for in a partner and in a relationship. What a gift he gave me upon ghosting. And I get this question a lot. Do you love him? Yes, of course I do. Am I in love with him? No, probably not. But I think that's just for us to know.